It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan heads into Week 11 with the number one ranked defense in the country. But given its opponents, just how elite is that unit? Plus, Illinois started off strong, but has scuffled the past two weeks. How much of a measuring stick will the fighting Illini be with Ohio State just around the corner? All ahead on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. Aaron, good to be with you. Just a a two-man pod today as Andrew is in Brooklyn covering uh, the men's hoops team that absolutely dominated Pitt last night, uh, Wednesday night, 91-60, to in their opener at the Legends Classic. We'll now face Frankie Collins and Arizona State on Thursday night after ACU beat VCU 63-59. to I'm not going to get too much into hoops today because it's – it's football season, and um, we have a 10-0 football team to talk about. Two games remaining, home finale on Saturday. And uh, I guess we just start with a little bit of news, and it sounds like Michigan is getting healthier heading into Saturday's game. Yeah, we're in the kind of that home stretch here. Two games left in the regular season. We're going to find out a lot about this team and kind of where – you know what their postseason is going to look like because obviously they're eligible. They're in contention right now to return to the Big Ten championship, but that's obviously got to they got to win here. So, but yeah, uh, injury wise, it's a mixed bag. I mean, we've seen guys have been ruled out for the year. Guys have been banged up and not played re- in recent weeks. I think the big names at this point are, are kind of like are threefold here going into Saturday's game. Donovan Edwards, who did not play in the second half last week against Nebraska, his uh, status remains up in the air. We, it sounds like he re-aggravated something. It was one of the reasons why he didn't go back into the game. He didn't play much in the first half, really, beyond the first couple of drives, and he was in, in the late in the second quarter on a blocking assignment. And then Luke Schoonmaker, he was also ruled out last week due to injury. Don't know what exactly it is because he looked fine the week before against Rutgers. But, uh, you know, Jim Arbaugh's asked about both of in the week. I think you asked him, right? And he, he left the door open. He said, we'll see, which is probably good news going into the weekend. He wouldn't say much else other than that, but the fact that he he didn't rule anybody out or had, it doesn't sound like there's anything long-term, I would not be surprised if those two try and give it a go on Saturday. I don't know how much they'll play or what type of role they'll have because obviously Ohio State is looming. The other big name, I think we, I was getting a lot of questions about on social media after the game Saturday and into Sunday was Mike Morris. He took he exited the game there in the second half on this closed injury, uh, was in the medical tent for a while, didn't come back. He did do an interview this week with, I think, the Inside Michigan Football Radio Show. He did say he tweaked something. He didn't say what, um, but he said he'll be okay. And he spent, I think, four hours 
on Monday in the training room trying to get right. So I, I suspect all three will give it a go. You know, it'll probably be on a feel basis in terms of how they're looking and how they're feeling because you don't want to further re-aggravate something to the point where they just can't play against Ohio Stakes. I think you need all three, especially Schoonmaker and Morris. Donovan's obviously a good buffer and obviously depth at the running back position. You just don't want to give Blake Corum 40 carries or 35 carries. It's just, it's not, especially right now, it's not smart. So those three are, I would, you know, categorize as probable to questionable on, on Saturday. Uh, and then the one name that has been ruled out new, like Cade McNamara quarterback, uh, Jim ruled him out for the rest of the year on Saturday, excuse me, on Monday. Uh, not a big surprise given the fact that he did have some type of surgery procedure last week in Los Angeles. We still don't know what exactly it was. Uh, sounded like it was an ankle or leg or something. You know, it's a, Kate said he re-aggravated an injury he had last year. So we'll see. Kate hasn't spoken to any reporters. We've I've reached out to him and his family. I haven't heard anything back. But I think there was this assumption that he would be back at some point this year after he left the, uh, the UConn game. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, in fact, said that they expected him back. But it turns out it sounds like his injury is a little more serious than expected, and he just elected to have surgery. Uh, I don't blame him. I mean, he's a backup quarterback at this point, and he probably wouldn't have played much of, of any anyway. So they're going to continue the uh, the rest of the year without him. Now, before we get more into this Illinois matchup, let, let's touch on the college football playoff rankings a little bit, which came out Tuesday night. No surprise with with Michigan kind of holding, holding strong at number three here. But again, like there's still this week's turn to be. I mean, I assume Michigan is going to get by Illinois. But, I mean, there's that, that USC-UCLA game in there that people will be paying attention to. So, I mean, at this point, it's still looking like, at least in my opinion, that Michigan still needs to win out to uh, to make the playoff. But just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on, on what you thought of the CFP rankings. Yeah, I mean, they were a big surprise. I think if if I had to guess, if I had to guess the top five, you know, before they revealed them Tuesday night, which by the way took forever, I don't think the rankings <laughs> came out to what nine thirty, nine forty five, because that thanks a lot, Michigan State, and yeah, uh, the game with the double OT. It was a good game. I mean, it was fun to watch, but it's like, why? Like, do we really need to do these rankings in the halftime of these games? Like, ESPN's <laughs> got like fifty channels. Why can't we do another one? Or they could even put it on. ESPN plus and drive some subscriptions. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not the decider there, but wasn't surprised. I mean, all teams, all the teams in the top five last week won. So, I mean, you didn't expect much movement there. No one really had like a, an impressive victory, I guess. So, so there was really no like, you know, warrant to move somebody up over, you know, leapfrogs one team over another. So it didn't surprise me. There probably won't be much change next week, either barring some type of upset, you know, with these, these top teams, which, you find hard pressed to find. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's going to come down to Michigan winning out. Is they can beat Illinois Saturday and beat Ohio State, they're I think at least locked into the number two spot. Perhaps they jump Georgia at number one. I, I would say probably not at this point. But listening to Boo Corrigan and the, and the CFP committee discuss their rankings Tuesday night, it, it sounds like they really view Georgia as one and then everyone else underneath them. So it would take a lot, I think, for Georgia to slip. Obviously, a loss would do it, but I, I think Michigan would – have to dominate Ohio State to get to the number one spot. Nonetheless, I mean, if they went out, they're certainly, I think, going to be at least number two. And uh, again, put themselves in the driver's seat to return to the uh, the playoff. Yeah, I don't think there's any path for for Michigan to be number one at the end if, if Georgia remains undefeated. Just even in the in the championship, the conference championship games, Georgia playing LSU would be a much tougher game than whoever Michigan would play from the the Big Ten West. But yeah, I mean, even being number two would be a, a pretty big deal for Michigan if they can win out. But yeah, I mean, even if TCU loses to like Baylor this week, um, and Tennessee takes one of those uh, top three spots, 
I at least would be tempted to put USC in over Michigan as a one-loss team over over the Wolverines just based on the resume. I mean, they have to play UCLA this week. I think that's on the road, even though that's essentially, I mean, (laughs) the technicality. But, yeah, I mean, I think USC's played a a tougher schedule. I mean, they can put up some serious points. They have the talent. But, yeah, I mean, it'll it'll all work out probably in the end. But, yeah, I mean, Michigan can't let off the gas here and – into Illinois, I mean, you were thinking, all right, the mission has another chance at a ranked opponent to kind of pad that resume, and they go and lose to Michigan State and lose to Purdue, and all of a sudden it's like, all right, just how much of a measuring stick really is this fighting the Illini team? Yeah, I mean, with with regards to the rankings, I I think if you're Michigan, and and we talked about this before, it's all going to come down to how the the committee views the Big Ten, just in terms of strength of schedule and quality of opponent. And to be honest with you, I don't think the Big Ten is having its best year. I think top to bottom, they're not a very great conference. They've got a two or three de- you know, good to decent teams, and that's it. So I, I think Michigan's certainly going to need some help. You know, if say they go into Columbus next week and lose and maybe lose a close one, I, I do think there's a path for them to potentially still get in the playoff. But again, you're going to need TCU to lose. I think you're going to need Tennessee to lose a second time. There's going to need, need to be that definitive separation between you and, and the rest of the you know the four five six seven teams so Michigan need a lot to go a lot to go right for them to still get in the playoff with one loss but right now I mean they're obviously not thinking about that they want to win out they want to beat Ohio State to, to kind of secure their spot but yeah it's it's going to be interesting because this year's I, I agree I think Georgia's the unquestioned number one they've been number one on my AP ballot for weeks now and hasn't changed whereas some some folks and I remember the first TFP rankings this year they went with Tennessee at one. I didn't necessarily disagree with it, but I wasn't ready to anoint them as the top team. So I, I think Georgia's by and far the best team. And you've got like two or three teams underneath them. I think they're good. And then you've got a, a cluster of teams that were, that could sneak into that number four spot, but they need a lot to go right. So at the end of the day, Michigan's going to win out. Anything less and you're in, you're asking for trouble, you need help. And that's obviously not the way you want to get in the playoff either. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you wrote a really good story here this week on some of the opponents Michigan faced and their kind of anemic offenses that they they've possessed. And, and, and I mean, really, Michigan's defense hasn't faced much competition this year. And with Ohio State looming, it's like, how can you gauge just how good the, they have been compared to the competition? I mean, yes, this statistically they've been dominant in essentially every phase of the defense, but I mean, you look at the teams that they've faced and the quarterbacks and the skill position players on these teams, and no one sticks out to you. It's like, all right, yeah, you've got to shut that that guy down or this guy down or can't let him be you. This week will be a little bit different with, with Chase Brown, uh, obviously the, the nation's leading r- rusher, but they're still a pretty one-dimensional offense, and if you can – but get a lead on Illinois and, and force them to throw the ball. I mean, there's there's a pathway to victory as uh, as Purdue and um, and Michigan State have found the past two weeks. So, um, yeah, I guess what are your thoughts on on this defense and do you buy into this number one? How much stock do you put into this number one ranking uh, in the country? Yeah, it's a good question, and it's it's something that you know we we knew Michigan's schedule wasn't great. We we joked we joked it seems like almost every week about how weak their non conference schedule was, but even if you dig into the Big Ten slate and the opponents they've played this this conference schedule, they just they aren't very good. I mean, there's I'm counting one, two, three, three Big Ten teams 
ranked 100 or higher in scoring offenses. You got a fourth near 100. So the quality of opponent they've played all season long just hasn't been great. I've I, I crunched the numbers. I spent a good chunk of the afternoon on Tuesday pouring through all the data and pouring through all these numbers. Average scoring offense ranking of Michigan's 10 opponents this year, 98.5. Average total offense ranking, 100.5. 100.5. So they're playing essentially the bottom of the barrel offenses in the country. And I'm not just talking non-conference schedule. I'm talking the entire schedule. So it's been it's been pretty incredible. I knew the schedule wasn't great, but when you dive into the numbers, it's like it's it's even worse. Obviously, the, the Michigan's defensive ratings have been kind of bloated a little bit. You know, they are number one in in scoring defense, number one in rushing defense, number one in total defense, number four in passing defense. So those numbers look great, and they played pretty well, and they've done the job, and they've won games. So you can't you can't knock them for it. And that's one of the things. I mean, they, they obviously don't control the schedule. They don't control how the how the quality of the opponent is. So you can kind of only up, go up against you know who's on your schedule. But I, I do think part of it might signal that this defense could be a bit of a mirage. I mean, we are going to find out the next couple of weeks. Um, Illinois' uh, offense isn't much better, even when you, you incorporate the rushing attack. Um, you know, the, the rushing offense is 40th in the country, which is solid. But it's it's nothing to write home about, and they rely on one guy essentially and chase Brown. But their total offense is ranked 59th. So um, to date, that will be the second most productive offense they have played this year. So there will be some type of test here, which I'm curious to see how they handle. As you mentioned, Illinois very much is one dimensional. They're going to want to run the football, and they're going to want to run Chase Brown and utilize their uh, you know the offensive line. So it, it's a question that needs to still be answered. And, and you know, I asked Jesse Minter this week about it, you know, if he what he thought about the competition level they had faced. He kind of sidestepped the question because I think he realized like, yeah, we haven't played a ton of great competition this year. And he openly said, you know, the the story on this defense has been unwritten and we're going to find out more in the next couple of weeks because not only is Illinois on Saturday with Chase Brown, the most dynamic, most electric running back they have played all year, but then you've got the Ohio State offense in two weeks, which, you know, top to bottom will be the best offense they've played all year long, most productive, most efficient. Um, and you wonder how this Michigan defense will hold up, you know, without a game-changing player in the defensive line, without a superstar defensive back. Yes, they played well. I mean, they've been great through 11, uh, 10 games with all 11 guys, but I'm wondering how they hold up against Ohio State. And the numbers suggest um, that they haven't played great competition. So while we don't know how they're going to hold up, you know, you can only make assumptions at this point, but it's it's a fascinating thing. I wrote about it on live.com slash Wolverines yesterday. I got some great feedback so far because it's it's an unanswered question. We don't know. Uh, it's it's something we're going to find out here over the next you know, next couple of Saturdays. Do you know how we could have gotten an answer way earlier? If Michigan kept UCLA on the schedule, because, yeah, I mean, UCLA is one of the top teams in the country with a very explosive offense, but... We, I digress, and we won't go in, into that anymore. But we've talked ad nauseum about Michigan's non-conference schedule slate this year. So, um, but yeah, you I mean, the, you want to know the ironic thing about this entire thing? The, the the college football playoff committee has been docking Michigan for its, its weak non-conference schedule. Who Corrigan, the CFP chair, cited a couple three weeks now in a row, and he was asked about it again Tuesday night. But the difference between Ohio State and Michigan. And they pointed to Ohio State's game against Notre Dame in the non-conference schedule. Well, Michigan's athletic director, Ward Emanuel, is on the CFP committee this year. Uh, so he kind of gets to hear, well, I would assume he's removed from the room for these discussions. That's typically what happens when an athletic director is on the committee or, or the, is the chair, or whatever the case may be. They're told to leave the room when the committee, the 13-person committee is discussing their team. Um, but it's just, it's just funny to me that like, Ward, who 
to me, you know, all, all sides point to him making the schedule, not Jim Harbaugh. You know, he's the one that's kind of changed things up and, and created this softer non-conference schedule. He gets to come back in the room and hear, hey, you're, you're ranked below Ohio State because you're not conference schedule sucks. So it's yeah, just, I mean, it's me. it's definitely a valid point. And, and I think the the way Ohio State has won has been, a, uh, I mean, it's tough to tell because, I mean, Michigan and Ohio State have blown out a bun- bunch of opponents this year. But uh, I know we've been talking about if this defense will be tested. But, I mean, really, for Michigan's offense, this will be one of the best tests for them all season because Illinois' defense is, is pretty legit, especially their secondary um, I, I, with, with, I think, high temperatures in the 20s on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of uh, of Blake Corn running the ball once again because yeah, you, I mean this Illinois secondary is very opportunistic. Um, they've I recorded at least one interception and and at least one every every game this year. I, I think it, it, the streak goes back to last year as well under uh, Brett Bielema. So you you don't want to be giving this team any short fields to and and did behind the eight ball there. So I, I don't expect if people are saying, all right, this is the week for, for JJ McCarthy to air it out and really test that pass offense. I don't think this is, this is the week you want to do that. No. And odds makers, I think are expecting that the, the total for this game opened at 44 on Sunday. It's already dropped, I think 40, 40 and a half. So there, there aren't expected to be a lot of points in this game. I expect both teams to keep it on the ground and that's kind of what, what they want to do. Um, we talked about chase Brown and how, Statistically, he's had a bad, a little bit better year than Blake Corm. He's rushed for fourteen hundred yards and, and seven touchdowns. He's averaging five point two yards per carry. But that's what Illinois wants to do. They want to. They're very very similar in approach, and I think um, game plan is Michigan. I mean, they want to control the line of scrimmage. You want to control, eat up clock. They want to win on the ground, and they want to force turnovers. And they've been successful doing that in almost every which way. You mentioned the the defense, seventeen nation leading seventeen interceptions. Michigan has eight for the year. Illinois has two defensive backs with four interceptions each. So they're, they're, they're forcing turnovers. They're getting the ball. They probably want Michigan to throw the ball ideally. But again, that's going to probably depend on that, their ability to, to stop Blake Corman. So far, we haven't really seen anyone, even in the Big Ten, that's been able to do that. So Michigan's probably going to run the football. They're going to try and do it on the ground as they have all season long. And as we as, as the coaches have said this week, we're going to keep running the football until someone stops us, and we're going to find out if Illinois can. Uh, statistically, they've been able to do it. I mean, like you mentioned, they're six in the country in rushing defense, only giving up about eighty six yards in the ground per game, which is pretty pretty incredible when you when you think about it. Number two ranked defense, number three ranked scoring defense. So they've been very good. But as we talked about with Michigan's defense going up against some cupcakes, they haven't exactly had a had a great schedule themselves. I mean, they're not a conference schedules. Wyoming, Virginia, and UT Chattanooga, and and largely their their Big Ten schedule so far has been made up of the teams in the West, um, with crossovers against Michigan State. So you know, not a great schedule. Um, they did beat up on, on Minnesota, which I think is a quality win, but again, but then they go and lose to Michigan State, and they lost to Indiana week two. So this Indiana, this Illinois team is very interesting. I, I think they could keep it close if they can if they can be successful on the ground maybe force a turnover or two, or I could see Michigan blowing this one open. So it's going to be a fascinating game. you got two teams that want to do the exact same thing um, and it's going to come down to who has the better players. And I think that's that's where the uh, the difference comes in. Look at you mentioning totals of, of games. And, I mean, hey, at least it's not Illinois-Minnesota at 32-and-a-half. I mean, that is just – that just sums up the Big Ten this year, the Big Ten offenses this year. That is embarrassing <laughs> that a, a total is that low in a college football game between – 
two non-service academies. So it's, I mean, it's not surprising given how what we've seen from those offenses this year and those defenses, but my goodness, that's, that's a low total, but yeah, don't get a little off topic here. Yeah. I mean, it's a noon kick Saturday. Is there anything else that we should talk about before we wrap up here? Well, I, I think the idea of a trap game, it's been thrown out there before this week and whether this is one for Michigan, I, I think there's a valid concern there just with Ohio state next week. And the reality of the situation is even if Michigan somehow does lose Saturday, and it's conceivably possible, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past it happening. Their destiny is still, I mean, they could still win the Big Ten East and get in the championship game. Now, it would probably hurt their their playoff chances a little bit, but all their goals still very much remain in front of them should they should they lose on Saturday, which has me wondering if, if they are, in, in a way, looking past Illinois. Ohio State is next week. Everyone, they're calling it the game of the century, too. You know, we'll see about that. But, you know, both teams in a collision course to, again, determine the uh, the Big Ten winner and potential uh, playoff team. So ideally, if you're Michigan, this probably isn't the the team you want to go, be going up against a week before the game. Uh, but again, I, I do think there's some you like to see a test. I mean, Michigan really hasn't been tested in weeks now. They've gotten off some slow starts and hit on the gas in the second half. I think this game, you know, could take all four quarters. And I think certainly has potential blow blowout potential as i mentioned i know it sounded like you're trying to talk yourself into an illinois upset win prediction here <laughs> it's funny because yeah we sent our predictions yesterday and i think i had michigan covering i think i went had them winning by 20 but the more i look at this game and the more i look at the weather situation on saturday it's gonna be cold and windy and blustery and you look more at illinois kind of how they want to win games and how they go about their business yeah, I mean, I'm leaning more towards a lower-scoring game. I don't necessarily think Illinois wins, but I, I I could see them keeping it close. I think the spread at this point's up to 18. You start at that point, you start to consider taking Illinois. You know, I, at the end of the day, I just think Michigan's the better players, and they're probably going to win out. I think they got the better running back, top to bottom, and I think that's where at the end of the day, that's where it wins out. But again, I mean, we talk about this all the time. Michigan hasn't really gotten punched and knocked down yet. I mean, they haven't been in that situation late in the game where it's a close one and they got to squeak it out and pull it out. Uh, and I'm wondering if maybe Saturday could be the situation. I, I still think they, I think they win, but you know, Illinois, I would not surprise me if Illinois keeps us close. Well, yeah, we will see. And if you are going to the game, make sure to bundle up because yeah, like Aaron said, it, it's, it's definitely Michigan, November, almost December playoff weather. What's with, with temperatures below freezing. So that, that should play a factor. Um, we'll see if there's any snowfall that, that comes down. I'm looking out my window right now and, and seeing the snowfall is like, Yep, it's that time of year. So we appreciate you listening, and we'll be back with, uh, with another episode after Saturday's game. Thanks for listening.